Hey, it's Naughty. And I'm the Teach. And welcome to Naughty and the Teach. We are this week where you where your uh lovable black hotties. Yes, lovable <laughs> black hotties, because the topic that we have today is going to require a lot of love after we talk about it. Because today we're going to be talking about toxic relationships and everything that comes from it. What kind of relationships? Gotta be specific. Friendships, romance. Okay. So, um, if you think you haven't been in a toxic relationship, we just have a something we want you to think about. So we have a tweet from um, "We're Not Really Strangers." They make the game. If you've heard of it, um, very good game. The, Play it if you haven't. Uh, the tweet is: "What's crazy is you're probably the toxic." If oh, I'm sorry, the tweet is: "What's crazy is you're probably toxic to that toxic person." Also, incompatibility. Incompatibil- Sorry, we were we had margaritas. Incompatibility can look like toxicity too. Yes. So um, while we're talking about toxic relationships, we all been in it, but also we have to keep in mind that we could be that toxic person in that toxic relationship. It's but all about perspective. Before we get into our toxic relationship, we're gonna pop off this week, and our popping off this week is something I kind of want to talk about, but I'm not really interested in. Mm-hmm. It's the Jesse Smollett trial. Um, Journey Smollett's brother. If yes. you don't know who he is, he was on Empire. He you, played. Um, you just completely <laughs> Jamal on dismissed Empire. and diminished him. You were just like, yeah. If people I'm like, could the guy say is that Jay Z like, is Beyonce's husband, we can say that he is Journey but Journey's Jay-Z brother. Is Beyonce's husband? But and I was he trying to is, say, and but he, he is, is Journey's brother. I didn't want to bring Journey in this. Journey is probably sitting at home, like, God damn, Jesse. Uh. Anyway, um. The uh, Jesse Smollett trial happened, and I, you know, I'm, I'm hearing about it, and I know about the situation as well as a lot of you may have be aware of it, but I don't really care about it. I mean, it was pre-pandemic, so you might want to give a... It was also on one of the coldest days of the year in Chicago. It just didn't make any sense. But the reason why, you know, I wanted to bring it up is because um, I've heard of the reasonings why he... Uh, made this decision to either allegedly, you know, be involved in this cover up and it was more of him trying to achieve a greater sense of fame or maintain fame or elevate himself. And you have to think about what happened. So he is accused others of possibly doing a hate crime on him, yelling anti-Semitic. I'm sorry, anti, (laughs) not (laughs) anti-Semitic. Hold on. Um, it's the murder homophobic sc- homophobic slurs. Um, and arguing. wasn't there also like a that he got like a, the whole noose? Getting to that, yes, he got the noose around his neck, pouring bleach on himself. Um, all these t- and getting beat up, and while they yelled MAGA and you know all these different things in order to make it look like a hate crime that specifically targeted him. Um, things that he's um, you know a part of, the, you know Empire. You're that guy from Empire, and all of these things. But he uh, he's alleged to have uh, conspired with others in order to create this spectacle um, so that way it looks like it so he can get a lot of uh, public sympathy and elevate his career. And you have to think about the Hollywood machine and the fact that you have to go through this level of extremism in order to get your career elevated or to stay relevant. And you have to also keep into account that Jesse Smollett has been a part of Hollywood and the system. His family has been 
part of, you know, entertainment for a long time. And to get to this point after being a successful child actor, um, having, you know, being part of a family with a sister who gets a lot of work, who has been getting a lot of work consistently, that you have to go to this level of extremism is just, wow. I mean, I feel like he should have thought, what would Taj Mori do? And I don't think... Who's Taj Mori? Are you dead ass? I'm dead ass. I don't smart know Taj Mori's. The actor is smart guy. He's T and Tamara's little brother. In, in real life? Yes. Okay, I knew that, but... um. No, but he's actually their their brother. So they he's another younger brother or another brother that has a like a fam- famous sibling or siblings, you know. And he he makes music very much underground, but he doesn't. You see, he don't act like this. No, yeah. no allegedly like fake hate crimes because other artists. I mean, well, other actors said they were with him when this supposedly happened, and they were like that. He wasn't with us. Like we all went to subways, but we didn't see that. So I there's just, a whole other. the subway thing, though. We got no. Talk. It was no. Um, Amanda Steele spoke about it. Subway. No, she was saying like, um, she talked. She spoke about how like when you're working and it's late at night, you just go like you, you go just, where you go. Yeah, yeah. Cause you go what's available. I'm hungry. I, I need subways to eat. is open. Yeah, I mean, I'm not liking the subway. It's just it, it just. But you, it's okay if you ug the subway. But it's it like seems come on. like the perfect storm of just it's like questionable it's like anti-black it's you it know you're from empire day. it's bleach like also he was in a hotel i feel like for rich people room service is always open yeah, room service is subway prices if you're rich <laughs> no no not even just that like it's open for you because yeah. look for for regular people i'm sorry the last order was at 10 for the rich people they're like, oh, oh. yes, Mr. So-and-so or Mrs. So-and-so. We'll run out and get that for you uh, yeah, immediately. You know, yeah, so. It may take them a little while, but you are definitely going to get whatever you order. You know, like, it's like when um in uh The Devil Wears Prada, where Miranda Priestly wants fucking steak at 8 a.m. They they fucking opened a store and they made the steak. You, like that. You know, yeah. after a certain amount of money, you just get what you want. So in Jesse Smollett's... It's I, I I feel bad for him only because he's become the butt of so many jokes. If you ever see the David uh, David Chappelle special, <laughs> David Chappelle, he calls him Juicy Juicy Smollett, Juicy Smollett. It's it, a punchline. It's a, and you know he has if he has did what he's alleged to do, he have created this system for himself. Yeah, and at, at it's like either way, if like if it's. Like they're saying that this was like a, a like he set it up. He still gets what he wanted because he's still in the conversation. He's still relevant. Either way, like if he because he if he only has to pay a fine and doesn't serve like jail time, he probably thought about that and said, "I can pay this fine." Yeah, the fine is or easy. or and he right. But either way, if it's that it's a, about the trial, he's paying a fine. He's in the conversation. He's the butt of the joke. It's the conversation. We feel empathy for him. Conversation. So he's still st- staying relevant. Yeah. And but the thing is, is notoriety exactly what you want to stay relevant? Maybe in Hollywood, because we know a lot of people get that notoriety and their career skyrocket. They take off. It could be a launching pad for a lot of people. But in some careers like education, I don't want notoriety. I don't want people to be like, hmm, Listen, that guy's questionable. If I seen the like someone like me, if I saw the girl who sang the education connection song, 
I would be like, oh my gosh, sis, can you sing the song? And she's not even really famous. So it, I think it depends on like what you like, how famous and how much notoriety you want. No, mm-hmm. I feel you on that. Because if I ever ran into the kids who sang one, eight, seven, seven cars for kids. I'd be like, yo. I would literally probably go to jail that day. <laughs> 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 I know a lot of people are like, what? you're Wait. a hero. <laughs> what you've done, you have like, taken this earworm of a tune and really have gotten revenge for all of us. Listen. But I, I understand what you're saying about commercial jingles. You know, so, or even if I, if I saw the Sham Wow guy. Uh, you probably won't. He's in prison. Oh, damn. Really? Yeah. Allegedly, I think he might have been convicted. He oh. beat up a prostitute. So, uh, well, then fuck him, so man. I, still, I didn't know are that. Are you still excited about the Sham Wow guy? No, but I did see the guy in real life. If you are a 90s kid, uh, or new millennium kid, as we like to say, um, and you have ever and you've and you've seen Don't Look Under the Bed, I saw the black guy who was the monster and then friend of the main characters, and I saw him walking in the streets in California, and I said, oh my gosh, I love to look under the bed, and he looked so embarrassed, and I was like, that's like your one fucking body at work. You better give me a, a handshake or something. Like that's, But that's who I am. I just like recognize these people. Sometimes he's embarrassed, but also, yes, I can tell you from experience, <laughs> she will literally run up on somebody that she recognized on the street. Hashtag straw hat goofy. Geek um, out. And then you never responded. Yeah, we're still well, mad. It's okay. She's or maybe not calling anybody out particularly. It's just expressing straw disappointment. Goofy. Just expressing disappointment. From but straw um, goofy. yeah. <laughs> so, but that's true. When when you see somebody you recognize, you know, you you get that uh, that urge to want to call out to them, and hopefully they'll be grateful for it. Um, we, you know, there have been experiences where we have approached people, you know, while they're doing their job, wearing their gear or their merch, and, you know. Oh, yes, that has But that's that's a whole other oh, day still, for another time. Yeah, or, you know, sometimes you see these people and you're like, they're with their families, you leave them alone. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. but, like, if they're just walking on the street, you better say hello. Or if you're going, you know, you're, like, coming from a gig and you're stepping off stage and you're part of that, you know, still that vibe, you know, people are going to say, hey, you know, great job, great work, you know. You can at least say thank you. Well, I mean, I think they said thank you for buying the ticket and giving us money, but you know. Anyway, um, so we're not the salty. Juicy Smollett trial. I call him Juicy Smollett. <laughs> see, see what, see, see, see what, what Dave did. You see, you see he what Dave just, did. If he's not alleged to have done these things, he wouldn't be the butt of these jokes. But we don't know what might happen. He might. This might be the launching pad for him. He might take on a lot of roles that take that more makes fun of him because there's a um, lot of ways in Hollywood in which you can continue to make a living, like a Lindsay Lohan thing, like where now it's like she's a, it's like what she plays is the butt of herself. Yeah, Got so it. it could be that he could be in a lot of, of farcical comedies in which he's like you know getting beat up, or maybe he could make appearances <laughs> on SNL. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that could be like this thing, and people will laugh as long as he capitalizes and turn it. Instead of him being the joke, he's a part of the joke. He can probably continue and have a long career in Hollywood. But I hope that you know. I just feel bad because he is the butt of the jokes as a human. You know, I want to. I just hope he gets residuals from Empire. So if nothing happens, at least he got a check coming in all the time. That's what um, I hope for him. So some people allege that because of his character arc and because he was so tied into the story, I mean, I guess that that was the reason why Empire started too. But really, Empire was really held down by Taraji. 
I'm I mean, once Hakeem got like uh kidnapped, I was like, This is too much for me and I had to let it go. Empire was a telenovela. It truly, truly was. <laughs> Let's call it what I'm it like, is. they you throwing kids <laughs> in the garbage. Case. You like <laughs> you you knew your son was gay, but now you mad that he's saying he's gay. Oh, you had man. the you got homegirl coming out of jail. And then you know what I really loved how they brought it back to um Hustle and Flow. Um they had Terrence Howard has a song and he says, um, how he has to like pimp that trick and I'm like that goes back to Yeah, was that like Hustle um, and Flow? Did the Hustle and Flow win the this, no, no, no. I don't know. If oh, Hustle, no, it was, it was, it was uh, a song. Three Six Mafia. <laughs> Three Six Mafia won um, a Grammy for, a for It's Hard Out Here for a Was pimp. it a uh, Grammy or an Oscar? They won a Grammy for the song. Okay. I thought they won an Oscar for Best Original Score. Oh, no. It, it could have it, it could have been both. It could have been both. Maybe. This is why we have to research. Yes, yes. Well, I'm sorry. But, um, <laughs> tangents, tangents. To, to finish up, the reason why we're talking about Empire at this very moment is because Jesse Smollett is the star he was one of the lion um he was the he was the he was the the, the oldest he yes. was the singer in the family the third the second the, the middle the child, middle child yeah. who was the singer in the family who was who was gay and like had this huge career ahead of him to follow up his father the old, and the reason how i knew <laughs> empire <laughs> was a telenovela and it was and it jumped i guess jumped the shark was there was a rap battle an underground hardcore rap battle on an episode and he he decided to make this appearance, and then you know the rappers turned on him, making fun of him, you know, like oh you're gay and this and that, and they're like really writing rhymes, and there's a hardcore rap crowd, and he gets <laughs> up there and he's like I may be gay and starts singing, and then everybody was like yeah, I'm like what the fuck crap? this would they never happen in him. real life. Yo, if you ever seen an underground rap battle, they are there for blood. <laughs> They would have made a fake Apollo Apollo hook and got him off the stage. He started singing, and then he was like, boop. He ended it by booping him on his nose. And come on. like No. First of all, black people are just unforgivable. Okay? So that could not have happened. Unforgiving. Unforgiving. Yes. There you go. So (laughs) that's how I knew that uh, Empire jumped the shark. But bringing it back to uh, Jesse Smollett and his uh, trial... (laughs) Did I say his name wrong? <laughs> no, we just went on a, such a tangent. It's oh, funny. Bringing it back to uh, Jesse Spoiler <laughs> in this trial. He, you know, I feel bad for him only because he became the butt of the jokes. But if these were the actions that he alleged to do have done it, he brought it upon himself. So hopefully, you know, he'll 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 face minimal. Hopefully it's just a fine if yeah, it's fake. It'll be something minimal. Hopefully he uses this to bounce his career because he's been doing this for, you know, most of his life. Maybe he bounces back and he gets himself together and he becomes part of the joke instead of the butt of the joke. So, yes. Yes. So for I, there's like a kind of double popping off today because I also wanted to talk about Adele's recent album that came out um, a few weeks ago in November 30. I wanted to specifically speak about um, the first single, Easy On Me, Right at this moment, it's the only single that's been released. Um, so I'm specifically talking about Easy On Me because I've listened to that song a million times at this point. Um, I like to dissect albums, and I feel like you can't really talk about a whole album unless until you've listened to the whole thing multiple times and like understand the context. But um, so, yeah, sorry. 
So what I like about the song, like how I relate to it, it just makes me um, think about my personal life. Um, as I talked about before, I'm a single mom and the the album and the song are about like Adele getting divorced and deciding to um, to leave her husband and to break up her nuclear family. And I really resonate with that because, sorry to get dark, I resonate with that because um, after I gave birth, I had a trial period where I was like, should I date? Should I date um, my baby daddy? Should I not date him? Um, like, am I taking something away from my daughter? Am I, if I, if I'm not with him, like what, like, I'm, am I like destroying her family before it's even really here? I like really went back and forth with that in my mind. And ultimately I decided to give it a try. And, you know, it was like the worst three weeks of my life. Um, you know, because like I knew pretty much like right away within the first couple of days of dating him again and like trying to rebuild or build his family. I was like, he's unapologetic for the things that he did. He there's no remorse. He just and and the way he introduced me to his friends again, like, oh, yeah, you know, we're dating. I was like. I'm this I'm a trophy. You don't actually want to be with me. You want to say that you got me back to then so you can treat me like shit again. But it was still hard because I knew I was like once I break up with him, he's not going to be around. And I had to make that choice of breaking up with him and my kid not having a father and I just felt extreme guilt about making that choice. It it was a lot of nights like crying to my kid like I'm so sorry I'm going to take away your dad. Even though, like, obviously, it's it wasn't my choice. It was his choice to leave. But, um, you know, that was the thought process. So what I like about the song is in the um, the chorus, I, there's, uh, I don't want to read the whole thing because, you know, we're not trying to get sued. Um, so she has a line that says, I changed who I was to put you both first, but now I give up. And that's, I was like, that line, like, really resonated with me because I'm like, you know, like, you're, I think you like at least for me I questioned like can I do this for the next can I like just date him for the next 10 years the next 18 years just so my daughter can have a nuclear family like can I do this to myself and you know like I tried to contort myself to know you know to make it work and even um when I was pregnant before he broke up with me and when we were in our relationship before I got pregnant that's how that's how I operated I would contort myself to fit you know um what he wanted and just like so like that song is just like you know I think the word is prophetic just you know it just really just describes how I felt and I think it can um if you it it really describes like the feelings you may go through when you break up with somebody and like how you try to make things work and it doesn't work out and just like the heartbreak you might feel when you try so hard to make something work and it just doesn't end up the way you wanted it to and that the relationship ends in a way that you, because there's even though the relationships end, sometimes it actually doesn't on a good note, and sometimes it ends in a way that doesn't respect the love that you once had, and that can be hard as well. Yeah. So the 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 thing I wanted to ask to follow up on what you just shared, and thank you for sharing that. Um, do you think that for him, um, do you think that he, you know, is doing it mostly as a um, power thing like you know to have power over you in a sense of like okay I'll get back with you 
just so I can control you in some way or some sense? Um, I don't know. I I think in I think that he at that point he knew he could manipulate me because there were he like looking back he would gaslight me all throughout our, our relationship so he knew he had control so maybe um i also think that part of it may have been revenge because he was embarrassed i don't think i don't think he thought i was going to keep our child so i think he might have been embarrassed that he got me pregnant and i was and he forever was going to have this mark on him that he, like he that he cheated on me and wasn't around so i think he was just embarrassed at his own actions you know so i i can't speak for him yeah well this is a great segue to lead us into toxic relationships and if y'all are wondering was it the first episode or the second episode where i talked about the, the ghetto bible story the first one i think so if you go back, if you haven't heard the ghetto Bible story, go back to the first episode, listen to it, because we'll be getting back into that yeah, today. I think ghetto, ghetto Bible is definitely going to be touched on today. So um, just to, to lay it out, toxic relationships. Everyone has been in a toxic relationship, whether it's been a romantic or a platonic relationship. What do we enjoy or hate about these relationships? And that's the question that we have to really ask ourselves because for some, we seem to be drawn to these types of relationships. It's like, for some of us, it's all we know. And that can come from many levels. If you grew up in a household that was toxic and you know you perceive this to be love, you're going to always seek that out. So at a young age, if you're watching, you know, you're the, the people who are the examples of couples in your life, it could be your mother and your father. It could be your grandmother and your grandfather. It could be your aunt and your uncle. It could be your sister and or your brother who, and whatever relationships they may be at whatever age. When you watch that and you think, OK, I know or I can at least hear how one side feels about the other side. There must be some sense of love. But when you're watching it constantly be fights and arguments and just general dis, un, dis uncomfortable situations, you then take into your account like, OK, maybe this is what love is supposed to be. These toxic relationships. There's also um, like when there's there are studies that like also say that like when parents discipline their children with a, I know like parents it's hard to control your yelling but if they're the main uh, way to discipline is th through yelling and um and hitting then that also will you know uh affect how a child sees love because like my parent loves me and they hit me my parent loves me and they're always yelling at me so then they will go and look for, they think that that's what a loving relationship looks like similar to seeing all the relationships between other people yeah but to add on to that we also love to watch these types of relationships play out on tv and in the media in when we're watching reality shows and we're watching oh. the couples as they bash and they fight or even the couples where we're like okay we know they love each other but they're mean they're mean-spirited there's a lot of shows where uh, unhappy relationships. I think Scandal is one that comes to mind. Oh my gosh. And you know, I used to ride for Scandal until she called herself Sally Hemings and I was like, nah, now nah, we gotta dead it. Well. <laughs> I, was, I, I, I got the I, connection. I, I, I get it. But, but I, I also like, wonder how much of the writing was done by, you know, people with actual knowledge of that reference and why that would be a problematic statement. But 
Um, yeah, I, I definitely hear you because that is <laughs> definitely a problematic uh, mm. statement to make. But we love to watch these things because it's what's exciting. And say what you want about a toxic relationship. It could be exciting. When you are with somebody, you're like, damn, will they stab me today? They should. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I don't want to be stabbed. So just in case, if you might be a future... <laughs> you know, I'm not, He's not I'm into not blood play, yeah, not, not into knife into, play. I'm not into any of that. But what I'm saying is it is really exciting to watch these toxic mm-hmm. relationships play out from a distance. Yeah, we see it a lot with love and hip hop. Yes. People love to watch those relationships. I know many of you have probably seen Ray J push Princess into the pool and thought it was funny. It's not. It's abusive. Yeah. Um, I never seen it, so I can't really comment on it too much. They were in an argument and he pushed her he shoved her into a pool it's not that's not the best start when you said they were in an argument but yeah i we love to watch these in the media and watch them play out it's what draws us and what brings the people reality shows are full of toxic relationships we could look at you know even the real world when they have those people on the real world they have these toxic relations whether within themselves or others i think uh, jersey shore was a, sh- a yes. show that really was built yes on the novelty of these particular people in this particular place, but also their toxic relationships platonically and romantically is really what really drove the people to watch the show. And that was one of the last shows where MTV showed people, um, at least showed people from um, different genders hitting each other. Because after that, even on um, the real world, they wouldn't show um, they wouldn't show people hit, hitting each other because after that um, they had the real world with Jordan and Kaya and for or Jordan and Naya and for um, some sometimes they would be turned on by hitting each other so MTV would show that like when they were about to have sex and they would slap each other they would show that because it was sexy but when they actually fought they didn't show them hitting each other even though the cameraman sat and recorded it. So it, it's interesting to see how um, how we view violence and how it's like, there's a fine line, I guess, with it being sexy and it being dangerous and how much people like it because MTV wouldn't show it if people didn't want to watch it. Yeah, if it's being played, the producers, the everybody involved was like, okay, this is definitely going to bring our ratings up or in some way it'll, yeah, it'll they be... They showed Snooki being punched and they showed Wow slapping the situation. Yeah, so they, they, you know, producers are going to do it. Their, their job is to bring as many viewers, which will then bring as much revenue as possible to this particular uh, show, yeah, episode, whatever the case may be. Or even the thin line between love and hate. The movie? Yeah, like there's so much, there's so much violence in that movie, and, but it's supposed to be still, se- like something is something about it is sexy well when you call it the thin line between love and hate we're saying walk the line of a toxic relationship which actually is actually interesting that you say that because people always say that in the toxic relationship or if you have a crazy ex that's where you have the best sex so when you hear somebody say hold on hold on let me just finish my statement i I, I made a face people say like oh man this person is so bad but the sex is so good that they endure the toxicity, they endure the abuse, they in- endure the f- violence, whether physically or verbally, because they're just like, damn, that sex is so good. 
Okay. All right. I guess the question that I'm going to ask is, is the sex really good in a toxic relationship? Because I know you know that person who has been in a toxic relationship, but you're like, damn, why are you still in here? And they talk about how well or how good of a lover this person is. The question I really want to pose is, is the sex good or is that just the only respite that you have from arguing or fighting? I think it could be a bit of both um, because personally, I think bad sex is bad sex. Um, You can have a million arguments and bad sex will be bad sex. It'll be like, wow, thank God for a break, but it'll still be bad sex. Um, (laughs) But I do think though, like, like the tweet we read about incompatibility, I'm sorry, incompatibility looking like toxicity you can be sexually compatible with somebody but not be like mentally or emotionally compatible with them and I think that's you know that can create toxic relationships because when you enjoy the sex you're like when sex is really good you know you'll travel for it you know you'll buy dinner for it you'll you know you'll do things that you would never think you would do you know you're gonna go from the bronx to brooklyn for it that's a fucking ride but you you know but it's it's good so it's worth it you know 80 dollar ubers and whatnot and you try to make i mean yes but you know it's 3 a.m late night train traffic you got to get to where the sex is so you paying the 80 dollars it happens to some people you know um (laughs) but uh, I do think that like some toxic relationships may start because or may continue because the sex is so good that you want to make everything else work, which is where some of that idea comes from. Like, I'll take it because it's good. But they're not saying, you know, I was I tried to make it work with her. They're not going to say that part. They're just going to focus on the, the sex. You know, I, I think what I'm tr- specifically talking about is those relationships, those specific relationships where people say, I endured this person that I think is crazy, that I think is terrible, that we have a toxic relationship because of the sex. Not that having bad sex, yes, bad sex is bad sex regardless, but I'm talking about those specific instances that we've all encountered from people who justify staying in a toxic relationship because of the sex. Yeah, because it was a shitty relationship, but they were sexually compatible. That, that's what I'm saying. There is a joke that goes around that the craziest people always have the good pussy or the good penis. I mean... Or the good dick. I don't know. Maybe that's true. I've never had any complaints, so maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. He can't verify it, but you know, it's just out there. So, oh, damn. Have it, has anybody you had sex with said they listened to the podcast? Yeah? Oh, so yes, he's the crazy one. Much. Maybe. Very know. much. Yeah. Maybe I'm the crazy one. He's I don't know. He's the crazy one because we made the joke already that if it was bad sex, they wouldn't be listening, so... Oh, well, we already made the joke. Well, <laughs> I Damn. mean, maybe it's me. Maybe maybe I have a weak game. I don't no, know. No, no. They're listening. So that means you're I'm the, crazy the crazy one. one. Oh, so I'm the crazy one with good sex. Yeah. Oh, dear, listen, he'll take I mean, it. I'll he'll take, take it. it. I'll, I'll take it. I'm, I, but I don't like being crazy. Hold on. Hold on. Wait, wait. I don't like this exchange. He's crazy, but also therapist this. poppy. He was like, <laughs> he he heard good sex this. and he was like, wait, I like it. Yeah, I like it. Then he then he heard. Wait, wait. But I'm also crazy. And then he was like, stop, stop. And I was like, oh, yeah, good sex. Wait, wait, hold on. That means good sex comes the fact that I might be With great power comes great responsibility. But if we're going to keep it a whole 100% real, 
There have been relationships where we were toxic together. And there also have been relationships where I was the toxic one. And you know, to be totally honest with you, that's hard to admit. That's hard for anybody to look at themselves and say, and it's not like, you know, you look back and you, you know, we always have those regrets when we are out of a relationship or some situation or situationship that we might be with somebody. And we finally have that time to reflect and be like, damn, I miss that person. Here's how I fucked up. Sometimes that's just on a very superficial level because you're feeling sadness at that moment. But when you look by it, you really think about what you've done and how you might actually be the toxic person in in a relationship that shit that's eye-opening that the, the question that it leaves you with though is how do you not become that person going forward i know like f- for me um it was more like for me like when i had like sat in retrospect because i had like two long-term relationships back to back um it was more like i I had to break down how I felt about love and how I felt about relationships because the I equated like you have sex with people you love. So I was in relationships much longer than I should have been because I was like, oh, I'm still sleeping with them. So that must mean that I love them when those feelings had stopped. But I was prolonging the inevitable. Um, so that I was like. I had to like say like you know, I had to really realize and like break down like you can have sex and not be in love you can be in love and not have sex like they're not um they're not bound together and then it was like okay so then I can like move on like the way I was thinking just it it didn't it didn't help me and it created like this toxic relationship between me and the other person you know so that's yeah, it yeah and to to look at it though and to think like okay uh, Toxic relationships, how are we culpable in these relationships? What is our role? And sometimes our role isn't always as clear of, of our responsibility for being toxic mm-hmm. than we would re- recognize at the time or in the situation. Sometimes we need that time and space away to realize like, oh shit, here's how I fucked up. But also part of the only way you can really recognize your role in a toxic relationship is literal growth. Yes. You have to do the work. You have to, and or if you had the experience of somebody being toxic towards you, you're like, oh man, I don't like that. Then you have to turn around and recognize, have I done this to other people? Yes. They say karma comes back around, and could this be your car- karma coming back because of the behaviors or actions that you have done? Yes, and you, while you might not necessarily be, like that karma might be in your romantic relationships, you while you might be the the victim of toxicity in your romantic relationships, you might be giving it out in your platonic relationships. You know, you don't realize how you come off to all these different people and how you might manipulate or beat down your friends. You know, they all, both friendships and romantic relationships, they, they all have weight, you know? Yeah, and some are heavier than others because some of them you got to carry on your back and shit. You got to always be there to support them. But... That's part of the relationship. For better or worse, that can also be considered a toxic relationship. When it's always one-sided, when you're always the only the only person giving in a relationship, and that's romantic and platonic. Big facts. When you when you bring it back to platonic, I'm sorry, toxic relationships, we all have to really think about it. So 
you know, I'm going to share something. Mm, let's listen. In the past, I wasn't always the best partner. I was kind of shitty. And I was shitty for multiple reasons. I was shitty because I didn't work on my shit. I had fuckboy tendencies. So did I didn't say I was fuckboy. Hold on. Wait, I, I want to make question. sure I this have a is question. clear. I have yes. a question. If you have fuckboy tendencies, tendencies, are you not a fuckboy? No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What's hold the on. difference? Explain the difference. So a fuckboy is somebody who is a fuckboy all around. All the shit that they do would be like, damn, that's a fuckboy. I would do fuckboy-like things. Which So hold on. All right. Let's be very specific then. So can the I ask fuckboy type. Go ahead. Can yeah. I ask my question yes, yes, to yes. be on? Okay. So if there was a percentage that made you a fuckboy. 20. So your tendencies did not lead up to 20%? Uh, I, no, my tendencies was like 20% because mostly okay. it was more of me only thinking about myself and not the other person that I'm dealing with or in a relationship with. Is that just not well, a Well, hold boy? on. A fuckboy's whole perspective is to be a... Sh- not a shitty person to them, but they don't really consider that person at all. And then they do all types of dumb shit. Like, so I have a question. Yes. If one of these partners from the past were to say, like, you were a fuckboy back then, would you then change your statement? Hey, no, I would not change my statement. Okay. I would still stand by I had fuckboy tendencies, <laughs> but they could have perceived it as I was a fuckboy. And I can't deny it. I can't be like, oh, okay, shit, that's yeah, the important. I was, okay. I, listen. I was not always the best person to deal with in relationships. There's a lot that I had to learn over the past couple of years. And I really sat down and listened to what people said, listened to how people have expressed of my need. One of the biggest things was, you know, I didn't know how to be affectionate. I didn't know how to be open to affection. I didn't know how to receive it. I didn't know how to give it in a way that was suitable. (laughs) (laughs) Sex is not just affection. Okay. Oh, I also, okay. He did not not hit people. That's not what he's saying. I don't know. I never hit people. That's not, I'm I'm not in the business of hitting women or treating women. I like women. Mm -hmm, He does. Some men (laughs) don't like women. They just like to have sex with them. I actually because they've been told to like it. Yes. But um, so I haven't been always, you know, the best partner, but I will tell you what I have done. Listen to the, you know, previous people I've been in relationships with people I've been in situationships or whatever it might be in and really take into account what they uh, had to say about, you know, me, because we always have an inflated sense of self. We always see ourselves as more than what we are. We always think we're like here when in actuality we might be a slightly a couple of rungs below that. And a lot of people may see us below that. So on the flip side, like how I said, like I had to like unlearn or like, yeah, unlearn like that about like sex and love and them being connected. Um, I always thought of myself like unworthy of love. And I looked, I had to look at the the people who I, the, the, the boy I did in high school and then, um, my baby father. And I had, so I had to, I had to like look at myself and say like, like, no, you're worthy of love and you can have all the sex you want. No strings attached. It doesn't mean you have to be with that person. It doesn't, it like, uh, you can be, uh, 
promiscuous and it doesn't make you less of a person. You can have fun. You can do you. It doesn't make you less than and you don't just because you have sex with them doesn't mean you have to be with them. You know, so I had to think about that because I do think um, my thinking that because I'm having sex with you, I love you or I love you. So I have to have sex with you. I think that started off or it added to the toxic nature of the relationship. It all, it led me to, you know, believe that I had to struggle in love, you know, or that I had to have sex seven times a day, every day, just, you know, so I could be a suitable partner. Well, do you feel like that was the connection? Like you would be closer to them? And was that you or was that the way that they were projected? So in that same situation, if it was like that, that's kind of what she may have felt in a relationship with me because she felt like, okay, the only way we can actually get close is through sex because I couldn't be that affectionate person. I have changed y'all since no, then, okay. just in case. So in my situation... <laughs> Looking for a future spouse, just in case, I'm just saying. In in both situations... Well, in one situation, with the boy in high school, I was like a secret. So it was like we would be affectionate in private. He would take me on dates in private you know, so everything wasn't. What's a private date look like? <laughs> so we would, we would, we would go places where we wouldn't, where we wouldn't see people. You know, like even in high school, these niggas be knowing the spots. I don't know how. You know, or if if we weren't um, if, Google. <laughs> Google, no, but to know like places where you won't see anybody in your high school in New York City. That's not that hard. If you at a high school in X location, you go to W location. I mean, one time we did see people. No, one time we did see people, and he was like, "We have to fucking go." And I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" And we just changed the whole date. Yeah, you know. I mean, thought on his feet, but um, or he would set up dates in his house and have like his parents leave. Like I, he had it like that. So it would be it. It was and it was very intricate things like that that no one knew about. So everyone thought that I was chasing after him. I'm like, y'all niggas don't know. He's making breakfast for me. He's making dinner for me. Like you don't know the whole thing. But I, then when. I don't don't think that's something you should brag about. That's no, not, no, 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 no. That was secret. me. In, no, that was me in high school. That's okay. No, that's how I felt in high school. I thought it was a shit in high school. Um, but then with my baby father, he would tell he was had no problem with PDA and being affectionate. But he would say, oh, sex is my love language. So I have to fuck you eight times a day. Hold on. Hold on. I think I know what the five love languages, but I'm sure sex wasn't one of them. Physical touch. Physical touch could be anything. It doesn't have to just yes, be Yes, I know, but you see how he manipulated it to that. And then if I could not perform, because, you know, your toto starts to hurt after a while, bro. Like, don't I know. how much? How uh, much yeah. can you don't take? I know. Uh, and, you know. Look at me talking that shit like I have a toto. Yeah. He knows what goes in it, though. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, he's like, yeah, I hammer that. And no, we don't no, want hammering that. Hammering that is not, that is <laughs> no. not, there's no woman who's like, ooh, yeah, I want that. No. No, there, there is. But um, anyways, <laughs> but it's like, how much can you take? And then even when I would perform at that level, then it would be, oh, I don't want to have sex the way you want it. So now I'm having sex I don't even really enjoy, but I, I, but I'm like, but he, but I love him. I love him. I do so I got to do it. What? <laughs> what? You mean positions or like the types of sex? No, like positions or okay, all right, yeah, all right. like uncomfortable. Like, Weird, uncomfortable positions. I like, get and that. It's uncomfortable. But when you was like the sex then, you know, I was like. 
No, Probably. it'd be uncomfortable or it would be yeah, like using in, extenders or in some like shit? Like, pla- what the hell? <laughs> or in places I wasn't comfortable having it. It's just, oh, you mean in like public and shit? Yeah. Yeah, well, we, we, we grown now. We're one charge from being caught by the police. So, for yeah. real, for and real. then you are registered. So, thank God. Yes, I get it. It's thrilling. If you really want, open your windows in your house. I don't know. It's New York City. Everybody is looking at every place. So, yeah. If you really want to do it in public, open the windows, stand by the windows, and scream out the window, and everybody can see your titties. Or Some people go on the roof and do it. I've seen so much sex <laughs> on the roof during quarantine, and it's not like I was looking for it. It's like, oh, oh, they're fucking. Oh yeah, they're they're definitely fucking. They're having a good time. So I mean, they were like, listen, it's quarantine. Might I want to have well. sex, but I don't want to be inside. I so. don't want to wear a mask. Yep. So. So we gotta do it outside. outside and people was fucking on roofs. So, I mean, people been fucking on roofs for like <laughs> as they, long as they, roofs. Been. But before they were doing it quietly so they didn't get caught. Oh, now no. it's like who's who's gonna arrest me now? OnlyFans. Yeah, that's yeah. People that's the are, money. That's premium listen, content. Do what you gotta do. Get paid out here. Nobody's knocking not, well, anybody's hustle. Now you can't do explicit content on OnlyFans. So I, I think they changed that back. Oh, maybe. But there, there's already tits talk, so we don't need OnlyFans, I guess. <sighs> yeah, TikTok is... No, 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 no. Tits talk. What? I'm sorry, tits talk? T-I-T-S talk. That's the that's the, the porn version of TikTok. Sorry, spell it again so I can write it down? I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, he wrote it down. I definitely did. <laughs> tits talk. Okay, tits talk. Um, that's just like a misspelled TikTok away from like, oh, shit. Oh, I like this. It's two different letters, so it's a purposeful purposeful search. So Don't let these niggas fool you. Let's go back to struggle love, because she just, uh, Naughty just talked about, um, you know, what struggle love is. So why do we generally feel like we need to struggle in love? I Part of it, I feel, I, I, can, I can speak for my community. I feel like a lot of times it'd be like that, that's what our mothers and our grandmothers did. You know, they... Pretty much had abusive spouses, but they dealt with it um, because, you know, there was no other choice. Like they like for a long time, women couldn't work. So you you had to deal with it. Or even if they did have to work, it was like you put up with it, you put up with it. But I also feel like when people hear struggle of they misinterpret it. Like, yes, some in some cases, yes, women were abused, but they had to deal with it because they couldn't get divorced. And in other cases, it's like struggling financially and being married or being in a relationship is not the same as suffering through an abusive relationship because not having not having money is a different struggle and that can happen to anybody at any time even if you were very successful um struggling to figure out or to manage having children or not being able to have children is a different struggle than going through abuse. There are different struggles that people in relationships will go through. Like, you know, one person's more successful and there might be some jealousy and like trying to work through that, you know, like financial, that's a very different struggle than being abused. And I think it kind of all got lumped into one colloquially. I said it right, colloquially. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so it's- educators doing words and (laughs) shit. So, you know, it kind of, so it just like snowballed into something very horrible where it was this idea that you have to stick beside the person that you're with and i have like i question that all the time because if you're supposed to stick beside him that's my man i'm gonna stick beside him y'all are not married 
that is that really your man because you're gonna have a bachelorette party and you know do whatever you want to do you're single till you're married like it had like it for it's very different you know for women at least did you say that women be cheating on their bachelorette party no, you don't have to cheat on your bachelor party, but you have strippers, you play the penis games, you do all this sexually explicit stuff, or that's like the 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 points, quote quote unquote point of it. And people say like you're single and like when you're at your bachelorette party, it'll be like single until I'm married, but what happened to stick stick to your man? I like it everything has a loophole, but you know, not really. I mean, I don't know if cheating or cheating adjacent is a loophole, but I, I get what you're saying. No, but like some people said, like, oh, I wasn't married. It was my bachelor party, my bachelorette another, party. I was in another city. You know, yeah, I was in another city. I was out of town. I was, I was in a different in a borough. Different country. Oh, different <laughs> borough. Damn, girl. It was still the same city. But, yo, New York is vast, I guess, you know? Like, yo, yo, I was in Staten Island. That don't oh, even count. shit. You was in Staten Island. I'm so sorry. That's Listen. <sighs> um, to my Staten Island listeners. We don't have any yet, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, struggle love. I think, though, when you have... Because you have to understand, people are surrounded by struggle love. Oh, sorry. Can I also add some, one more thing? I'm sorry. Um, I also feel like there's such an emphasis on a nuclear family that people will struggle to keep that instead of creating a happier space um, splitting up and like co-parenting or, you know, something like that. Well, there's two things I wanted to say. and Thank you for sharing that. There's one, people, we're surrounded by struggle love. We watch it on TV, all the relationships we see. We And, and they're really created. Meredith they're really Gray. created for a dramatic purpose. So for that dramatic purpose, there has to be these makeshare for these manufactured storylines in order to make this struggle love. And then people be like, oh, those are my goals. I want us to be like this couple that we've seen in this relationship on this TV show or in this book I read because that is what they think. Because, you know, at the end of a story, the author can write a happy ending for those characters. So we think that, okay, we have to go through all of this fire, all of this shit in order to get to that end to have this happy and struggling relationship. Um, like, Sorry, I had to like interject with Meredith Grey and um, Derek Shepard. Back to Grey's Anatomy. Um, that, bro, that entire, at, at least... The that relationship was super toxic. That Derek is a fucking toxic ass dude. Okay, oh like toxic and but you know but they they made it such a love story. That man was cheating on his. I I get it. I get it. Addison, Derek's wife, cheated on him. You're married. You're actually you're in a relationship. Doesn't matter if you're married. It should not be tit for tat and like. He moved to a new city, got a girlfriend, still married. And when he said he was going to make it work with his wife, he was still talking to this woman, lusting to this woman, lusting, lusting, this, lusting after this woman and still sleeping with her at, at, at a certain point. So come on. He slept with her at the hospital. That's nasty. I don't care if there wasn't a patient in the room. They didn't. They didn't clean anything. They just left that shit as as is. That's nasty. Okay, that was a toxic relationship that people fawn over. Homegirl said to him, "Pick me, choose me, love me." Who wants to start the relationship like that, begging to be chosen? 
Like, come on. Is that where the pick me? Uh, I don't know if that's where people came up with pick me, but she like in in the very beginning, like in the um. So when she found out, when Meredith found out that Derek was married, um. Addison had asked him, like he, he, like he didn't know what he wanted to do. He didn't know if he wanted to make it work with his wife, or um, to break to divorce her and be with Meredith. Um, so it was at a crossroads, and she did surgery, she did like a ten-hour surgery with him. And at the end of it, was like, I know that she's great. I know that she's fabulous and smart and beautiful, but I'm, you know, and that she's a mess and what and damage or whatever. And she was like, but pick me, choose me, love me. Like what the fuck? What the fuck? Like, who who wants to feel like that? Who wants to start a relationship like that? And for people to say that's like a beautiful, wonderful relationship. Like, and then at the end, he made her feel like an asshole for wanting to have a career. Come on. Yeah, that was uh, Naughty's uh, great Grey's Anatomy podcast, which you'll find <laughs> somewhere. But, very, okay, very but if you haven't seen Grey's Anatomy, I know some of y'all have seen fucking, um, damn, A Different World. And I do not care. Y'all can come come oh at me in the comments. I do not care. This oh is a Dwayne and Whitley. I've heard this many, many times. Oh yeah. <laughs> not goals. Go ahead. Go, 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 go off. I um it's not going off. I, I just went off. All I'm right. calm now. It's not goals. It's not goals. Yeah. Because um I they they both went back and forth with each other, playing each other, dating each other, like it wasn't on the right time. But Whitley found the man she was going to marry. You know, she had an she had an, a whole engagement period. Whether it was a year, a month, she had an engagement period. Dwayne had all that time to pick up the phone. My man was making money because he was at that time he was working for that um that firm in Japan. So my man's had money. He could have made that long distance long distance call. He could have got that flight when he found out. He he could have done all those different things. He could have done anything or he could have stayed shut the fuck up and let her be happy instead he decided to come on her wedding day and said baby choose me baby baby i love you shut the fuck up it's my wedding day let me be happy i found someone who can give me what i wanted because at you you didn't want me you weren't ready for me now i have somebody else and you're ready stop to add on what Kelly is saying that's literally what i've been talking about the manufactured drama that tv yes. shows make in order to conflate our feelings of love that is the example of a toxic relationship you're happy in some with somebody else and then they want to pop up and be like me you should be with me you want to uh you know you should choose me instead of them they haven't been around and men and i will admit this men we do this very often we will disappear and we we will pop we will return uh, anytime you're in a relationship, your ex will return. They will show up in some way or some form, especially when they know you're happy. I show toxicity for men and women. See, they are look, literally jumping everybody's in. fair game. I'm a fair shooter. Okay. They will literally jump in and come up to you when they know or reach out to you in some way, somehow. It's just what it is. I do have to that, say, but that manufactured drama is what creates our thoughts of what relationship and goals are one other thing i wanted to add about reasons why toxic relationships continue to go on for as long as they do is when people are in toxic relationships i don't know if it's a self-esteem thing or they feel so run down that they feel like if they leave this relationship nobody else would want them i and that is a 
big guiding principle for a lot of people. So they end up staying a lot longer than they need to in this relationship just to make sure that they have somebody instead of being alone. And Nobody it, wants to be alone. And it, it's it's also interesting because you will see like there are people who are or who seemingly are very confident in all these other aspects of their lives, like professionally, with their friendships. But when it comes to their romantic relationships, you're like, why are you why are you dealing with this like abuse? You know, it can be emotional. It can be, you know, many different things. It's like, why are you, why would you put up with this? Because in these other realms of life, they're they're they seem so strong. So it's interesting, like when it comes to um, and I don't know if it's like a, a societal thing about like, you know, having someone to marry and that in that like and how marriage is like this ultimate symbol that you are loved and you're important and you're special and blah, blah, blah. Um, something like to strive for. I don't know if it's because of that that people put up with these things because they're like, well, at the end of it, you know, I'll be married because there's also people who they're together for eons and never get married. But it's like, oh, well, they've been together 30 years. It's still this great love, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that's what we really have to, to figure out. What works for some people may not work for you. What we watch, yes, they may have a struggle love. They may struggle in some cases or in some senses of being able to really, you know, have a real rough patch or break up and make up and then break up and make up again. Oh, no. <laughs> so as I was talking, she brought up a thing that I have been talking about and how terrible this movie. Really? This I think it's terrible. He's never mentioned this to me. Wow. About the notebook being we've, terrible. We've never we talked about this. We literally talked about how shitty, how shitty Ryan Gosling's character was and how toxic he was and how he used to chase her around even though she told him no many, many, many times. Damn you. We've been talking a lot of shit. He climbed up on the top of the Ferris wheel oh, and we threatened to kill we, himself. We talked about we that talked part. We talked about that literally last week. But did we talk about, she was a little toxic too. Well, but that's what I'm saying. But then we watch those things, and because it was, they it's, died it's together. It's so to, cute. It's made to be dramatic. It's made to tug at our heartstrings. It's changed. It's made, in a sense, to change our understandings about a relationship. All right, let me ask you a question. I'm sorry. Closure is not real. Well, so right. in in movies, it's real, not in real life. Yes, and and that's the thing. Oh, and also, not that it's not real in real life, but happily ever after, it's easily written than actually achieved in real life. I can write a story where the characters end up happily ever after, but to achieve it in real life is a lot harder. It's a lot more difficult, and it takes a fuck ton of work that a lot of people may not do. One of or the biggest things that people need to do in order to get to a happily ever after, it's not really a big secret, but you need to work on your own shit. You need to be happily by yourself. Therapy or any other treatment that might be useful for you to actually, actually legitimately work on your shit is why. So a lot of us don't have our happily ever after. I'm sorry. A lot of y'all don't have your happily ever after. Because we haven't had it yet. We're going to get there. Is because we and y'all are not working on our shit. And the reason why I'm just saying we, we're saying we as human therapy. beings. Yeah, I do what I need to do. I am a lot better off. Like I was <laughs> telling y'all the story about me being having fuckboy like tendencies. So if anything, I was a fuckboy like. Anyway. He was diet fuckboy. <laughs> I was zero sugared fuckboy. <laughs> so zero sugar fuckboy here was not trying, you know, I 
had to work on my shit since then. And the type of human I am today than what I was before, I prefer this for myself. Am I having the same dating experience and successes and failures that I was? No, but I think that's it's not about the level of success that you have. It's not about the relationships you have. It's more about making meaningful human connections with people or people in a romantic sense than just having relationships just to have them. Some people think that the more relationships I have, the more successful I have, the more people desire me. But it's more it's a lot of layers. It's those deep, meaningful human connections that really make those relationships meaningful. It's the quality over the quantity. Yes. But you know, fuck boy like tendencies. You so you want think about mad the, bitches. Yeah. Well, I, I think about the quantity. I like to say that better. It's, it rolls off the tongue easier. He be okay, mad whatever. Bitches. Man, he be taking mad bitches in IRL. But anyways, um yeah. I so, agree. So the meaningful human connections is really what we want to search for. But when we think and we watch the TV shows and things that we covered and the relationship goals, even in real life, when we when a lot of people were talking about Will and Jada being goals, you know, we have no idea the extent of what was going on in their life and their marriage and everything that's glitter is in gold. Yes. And, you know, we would be surprised by, you know, the people that we could say, look at this couple. And that might be we have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. And then there's like, oh, fuck. Maury. Is Shit, look at Bobby and Whitney. I'm so sorry. Look at Bobby and Whitney. The- Listen. Say what you want. They was happy as shit, though. They were happy as shit together. Outside, you know, people were looking like, oh, my God. I remember when Bobby got first got with Whitney, and they were like, oh, my God. Bobby Brown is going to corrupt and change Whitney when that was not That's the a case. case at all. And unfortunately, unfortunately, they were both drug addicts. So that they just there was an external thing that made that relationship toxic because there was no one to like help the other one but they they was allegedly high as shit and happy as shit yeah they they were definitely happy but people would look at that relationship and not think about goals sadly the way it ended obviously nobody wants to end like that however in the times they were together they were happy and you know that's you know they had a beautiful child or beautiful children they had one child. He has children. It's Bobby Brown. I mean, I mean, it was before he got with Whitney. Yeah, he had kids. Bobby Brown. I mean, because remember, if y'all seen that Bobby Brown movie, his son's name is Landon because that plane was Landon when he was born. Really? I'm dead ass. Yes. I'm dead ass. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not going to tell my the story of my middle name. I'll tell you afterwards if I never told you. You told me. Oh, my God. He has a similar um, story, but we're not going to talk about that. that. We ain't going to talk about that. One day we'll probably talk about it. The day after we show our, or the episode after we show our faces, that could be the story. Or, or. The future Patreon content. Yes, yes. We'll, we'll, we'll see. But I have a very interesting story about my middle name. It's uh, not the happiest of stories, but, you know, it is what it is. It's not Landon, though, so that's a good thing. Imagine. All right. I, now, every, I mean, I, every it's, dude it's, named it Landon. It might actually be just as bad. Every dude named Landon or every girl named Landon is going to be like, is yeah, that like, what, what the shit? What the fuck is that my name? Was that why? Is that the reason? Hey, we never know. So now you know something about Landon. <laughs> Toxic relationships. It's what everyone has gotten into. If you're like, I've never been in a toxic relationship, you're probably in one now. Or, or, or you were, but 
you, yeah, they left you because you was the toxic one. Yes. But when I said like, you know, like closure isn't in real life. I just mean like when we see toxic relationships or like incredibly dramatic, traumatic relationships on TV, TV can create the closure. Yeah, no, inflated. no, no matter if it's like some somebody passes or they break up and they both end up in happy relationships, they're able to write the closure. In reality, closure cannot come from the person who's creating the problem. Yeah. There's no solution in the problem. Yeah. That's just not how an equation works. Yeah. And when you leave somebody in a toxic relationship, you feel so much better, so much lighter. And we've no. all been in that situation. You might not feel better and lighter at first. It might feel really oh, yeah. shitty and really hard at first. But ultimately, you will get there. Which brings me to something very important to know in toxic relationships. Breaking up. When you break up from a toxic relationship, it's handled in two ways. First, for a woman, they immediately feel it. They go through the motions. They have like a couple of weeks to where they're like, oh, no, I'm, they're a wreck. They feel bad. They want to get back with the person. And they, and then after those couple of weeks, they're like, okay, I need to do this shit for myself. The weeks is just not a definite timeline. So if it's yeah. months for some of y'all, yeah, that's months, okay. Years, maybe. I, I don't know. I hope it's not years. Do the work on yourself so that way you can really overcome. It will be a time, though. It'll be an undetermined amount of time. But, you know, you go through the motions and then you start doing stuff for yourself. You start to feel like yourself again. You start to work on yourself. And then let's say in about three to three, three or four months, you are ready to move on. For a man, it's very different. As soon as they break up, they're like, yeah, I'm free. And they're out in the clubs. They're out. They're going out. They're drinking. They're trying to meet women. They're fucking mad bitches. And they're not even thinking about them. When they get the missed calls, they're blowing them off. They're like, oh, I don't need to deal with this. Whatever. I'm moving out. They're posting stuff. You know, when they know that their ex is going to see it so they can see them having a good time with these women or whatever the case may be. They do none of the work that's necessary for them to really mourn and overcome this relationship. Then in three months, when she's completely over it, he's just starting to feel it. Because you can only party and go out and try to meet random people and do this and that for only for so long before the shit gets old. And then... You want to then you're starting to reach out to her the same way she started to reach out to you before when y'all just broke up. You've done none of the work as a man in order to overcome this relationship. And now you're like, damn, I miss her. She was a good thing for me. We've all been there. And I have been here. Yes, I've been there in the past. I've, I've grown. And please growth. Do not I, I really need to stress growth. growth. <laughs> yes. And please do not fall for that. Them tears and the miss. And I the miss, miss you, baby. Because listen, sometimes you be like, "Damn," and you might get caught. Yeah. Oh, you be like, "Damn, he really is different, or he has changed." And maybe he has changed, but but how him, soon before? Let him show you the ch actively show you the ch change and be consistent over time. Not consistent like weeks cannot be enough. It has to be consistent. Actually, forever. Just consistent forever. Yeah. How soon before, if you do, he gets comfortable again and you start seeing those same patterns, those same things you disliked yes. before. And, and, when, and when you see, and like. And the rules could be first for women and men too. And like, 
if you take the person back because they seem like they have like they're they have changed and that they are going to be consistent the first time the first time you see that red flag pop back up be like spongebob i i'm ahead of help all right because you don't gotta put yourself through that again trust me trust me it's it's hard it's hard like I, I tried again to get to to build that family, and it was fucking horrible. And I, sh- sh- like looking back, I should have. I used to at first when I laughed at them crying phone calls, I was then I felt guilty for laughing at them phone calls. No, fuck that. That shit is hilarious because yeah. it it was a joke. Uh, one thing. So let's wrap up the toxic relationship. Um, discussion so the one thing we want to say from advice of naughty and the teach on how to handle toxic relationships first it's hard to avoid a toxic relationship because sometimes you don't even know you're in a toxic relationship Mm -hmm. toxic relationships don't always start out as toxic the first time you meet somebody for the most part you meet their representative you meet that person that they're displaying to you to kind of not trick you, but to mislead you to think. And they're just trying to do their best to say, okay, we're on this first date. What do I need to do to impress her or him so they continue to see me and I get a second date? And then eventually people get comfortable and they start to really show their true colors. And I feel that's like a generality. Like we all put our best foot forward, put our best our best selves forward. So that's not necessarily like the, the trick. And I also want to say like if you find yourself in a toxic relationship, I wouldn't feel super guilty about um, misjudging someone's character because part of being a toxic person is knowing how to manipulate people. So they they learned who you are. So they knew how to manipulate and gaslight. They knew how to do that to you. And that is how it got so far. So yes, I know it's like, damn, how could I not have realized it? How could I not have seen the red flags? There's a reason why they say love is blind. We ignore these kind of things. Ignorance is bliss. That th- This is where those sayings come from. And everybody has been there. Yeah. Um, so the advice that Naughty and the Teach have for you about toxic relationships and how you can avoid them for the most part is work on your shit personally work on your shit and there's two things that will happen when you work on your shit one you will do your best to ensure that you are not the toxic one in the relationship but also when you work on your shit your eyes are open a lot more and you'll be able to be you'll be less inclined to really accept the shit from other people that toxicity you're not going to have space for it in your life or in your world and you definitely won't accept a new person or any person coming in spreading that all over what you're trying to accomplish and the changes and the growth the growth growth is the key word if this was like sesame street growth Growth. would be the word you don't want anybody coming in impeding that growth in any sense of the word and if you find yourself having toxic tendencies or being toxic light as the uh teacher i said said, fuck boy light, get it right i'm but i'm talking about toxic toxicity Okay. I was toxic. I was fuckboyish. Okay, so like I, I w- like a, I, like no. I was saying, if you find yourself as Teach would say, toxic light or fuckboy light, whatever, very different, toxic light, then I'm talking about in the context of what we're saying now. Let's, if you let me finish my sentence, you'd understand where I was going. If you find yourself being toxic light, if you are working on yourself, you'll be able to acknowledge it and work on it. Like you know. 
Yes. Fuckboy light and toxic light are different things. But that's why I was saying in the context of where, of where I was going. I wasn't saying that you were toxic light. I was no, trying no, you to. you say it as teacher would say. I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. See how if you let me finish, you would know? You would see? The let me finish part is trying to insinuate something that's not there. But I hear what you're but saying. You interrupted me is what I'm saying. I hear what you're saying. But See what I mean? He, he acknowledged it. Like I just said. Like you interrupted me. I always acknowledge I know, you. I know. It's me. I got to work on that. So going back to uh, toxic. Yes, toxic light or toxicity. Work on your shit. You will be less likely to be involved in toxic relationships. So if you got anything out of this podcast, hopefully you got a few laughs. Hopefully you got a few smiles. Hopefully you got a few, oh, shit. I can start to recognize red flags. Hopefully you might have even been honest with yourself and said, yeah, Maybe I have been toxic in these ways. One thing that we really want you to take away is to really work on your own shit. Do whatever work you need to do, whether it's therapy, whether it's, you know, meditation, whatever it might be that would be helpful to you. Um, therapy. If you can get therapy, you should get therapy. We always, you know, we are going to recommend it. It's very helpful for you. You should have a place and a space to really have work with somebody who is trained and a professional to really help you sort through some of the things you may not fully understand, some of the things you may be carrying, et cetera, et cetera. The less baggage you have, the more lighter you'll feel. You know, uh, the last episode I said that you guys should watch, um, the last airbender. Uh, you want to, you want to have the growth of Zuko. You want to, you know, you don't want to stay like this toxic person your whole life. You want to be able to grow and to, you know, to have the lighter side of life. And like we said the last episode, we know that therapy can be a privilege. So please, if if you cannot go to therapy, please look for the free counseling in your area. It, you know, granted, you may not be able to go all the time. It can still help to have those kinds of check ins. All right. So we're going to wrap this episode up. We're going to always end it with some form of recommendation. So Naughty and the Teach recommends. So Naughty, what recommendation do you have for the listeners today? In theme with this episode, I will be recommending the book, not the movie, the book Flipped by Wendelin Van Dren. It's a really fantastic book. It's about... Um, really about a toxic relationship with children and uh, also a coming of age story. It's about two kids um, from about like, from when they're at like, like maybe like six uh, until they're at the end of middle school. And it, the book is called flipped because you hear, uh, you see, you read both perspectives of what is going on through the, um, through the story, which is really cool because usually when you read a love story, it's from one side. So you get to hear the boy side and the girl side. And it's about, uh, unrequited love. And, uh, like we talked about niggas wanting to pop back up. Yeah. <laughs> um, my recommendation, uh, for this week is also a book. It's called unfuck your brain using science to get over anxiety, depression, anger, Freakouts and Triggers is by Faith G. Harper. This is a book that I will say can be a good way to start really thinking about how to work on your shit. 
trauma, anxiety, depression, all of these things are ways. This is a book that takes an analytical look at how it affects your brain and what it does and how your brain responds to traumas, how it responds to the anxiety that you may have, depression, episodes, things that you might have experienced in your life. It gives you an understanding and very layman's ways to understand it it's it's scientific but it's not scientific at the same time to where it will fly over most people's heads so definitely it's by faith g harper you can definitely find the book you know where it's available it's a great book it's simple it gives you it also has action plans and things that you can do in order to really help you at any moment you might be triggered by something and how you can help to train not train your brain but train your brain in order to really respond when you are having an a moment or an episode i think train your brain is the right, right way to say it because yes. it's a, it's a muscle you can yes. train it to do what you want it to do so uh, we appreciate you taking the time to uh be with us today and listen to this episode. We are happy for all of our uh, listeners. We found out we have some in Middle America. We got some in uh, overseas. Yes, we are really shout happy. out to Brussels, Dublin. You're the newer, newest listeners in Wichita. We love everybody, yes. but wow, we're getting out there. We really appreciate. We are happy where we're growing and we're expanding with you and we really help. Again, as I'm going to make this plea again that uh, Naughty started, I'm not going to put up a picture. Um, he already put up a picture. I'm not going to put up a picture of meaning <laughs> until I get harassed by it. I've gotten one DM, just one. Um, well, I'm about, glad you listened. Yes, just one about um, harassing me for the picture, which I appreciate you. Um, and, you know, um, we have content. Please continue to listen, like, share, subscribe. We're going to... Um, you know, this is the start of our sixth episode. Well, this is the end of our sixth episode. Excuse me. We're really going to be putting ourselves out there in a bit. So we really appreciate any ways to help and support. Please, um, you know, hit us on Instagram. Let us know. We have Twitters, but, you know, those are. I might eh, never be on Twitter. Eh, I'm sorry. I'm just I'll, not that I'll hip. I'll get on Twitter eventually. But the she, Instagram. She might be the, the Twitter person. Yeah, she, I'm sorry. We'll get on Instagram. Um, hit us up. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you thought about the episode. Any feedback, any suggestions, anything you would like to see, anything you would like to hear from us. As you can tell, we have a unique perspective. And, you know, we really love sharing um, our thoughts and feelings, you know, with research, obviously, with you all. Yes. If you harass me, I'll release my Tumblr, my Tumblr link because that has everything going back. Y'all yeah. would really get to know me then. Yeah. Yeah, and you can so you could then say, oh yeah, I remember when she told the story about when she was in high school or when she was doing this and when she was doing that. It might make sense to y'all then. You'd be like, damn, yo, she was, and then you can see what I was feeling in real time. Um, Nori, let's uh, end by uh, giving us, uh, you know, <clears throat> our links. So, everything is actually. I don't remember Twitter. Sorry about that. Um, so on Instagram, it is at Naughty Flower. That's me. Uh, Teach is at the teach nyc and our page is naughty and the teach you can find us yes and we're always going to put this in our bio in each podcast you can now find us on apple music apple podcast apple podcast oh we're on apple podcast so i think for the most part you can find us on every platform if there's a platform that you prefer and you cannot find us please send us a dm please reach out and to we us will get it there and we will do everything we can to make it as easy for you to find us and listen to us we thank you we are growing and we are happy that you are growing with us so thank you to all of our fans out there so far
Yes, thank you. So um, we will see you on the next episode, and you all be safe and take care.